Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm just having one of those mornings and days where you think you have everything planned out and the next thing you know you're running a half hour late. Yeah, I'm having one of those days. I want to get to the shop at like 10.45 and here I am at 11.25 sitting down to record today's episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. And with that being said, welcome to Murph's Boston Sports Talk. This is episode number 177. And I'm so happy for you guys to be able to join. Thank you so much for clicking on this video. If you're listening on YouTube, please make sure you smash the thumbs up button, comment down below, and of course, subscribe to the channel if you're new or haven't considered subscribing. If you're listening on audio-only platforms like Apple, Google, Amazon Music, Spotify, wherever you can listen to your podcast, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk. So thank you so much for downloading, listening, and of course, enjoying today's episode. But yeah, it's just one of those where you have a couple errands to do. You know, you got to shower, brush your teeth, eat breakfast. You know, I got two dogs. So I got to take them out. I got to do this and that. And, you know, it's just like, holy crap. Next thing you know, it's almost 1130. It's like, ah. <laughs> but all right. We are situated. We are sitting down. And we're ready to rock and roll. But before we rock and roll today, uh, Mrs. Murph and I are trying to plan another road trip, you know, because we like driving and we like going on road trips. We were going to go to Nashville because it's a big card show. It's like 350 tables or so in Nashville in March. And we were going to go then, but it's like 18 hour drive, hotels expensive, you know, rental cars potentially expensive if we don't drive. The flights just really wasn't lining up with our schedule. So we're kind of putting that one on the back burner, unfortunately. So I was like looking at the map, right? I was looking at the map of the wonderful United States of America. And I was like, hmm, 
where could we go? And as some of you guys may know, if you follow the YouTube channel, we went to Cooperstown, New York uh, over Labor Day weekend. Super fun. Awesome. Very exciting. And I'm like, hmm, I've been to the Basketball Hall of Fame. Baseball, obviously. When In 2016, when I was a camp counselor at a, at a boys camp, we went to the National Hockey Hall of Fame, which was friggin' spectacular. And I'm like thinking, like, hmm, haven't been to the Football Hall of Fame. Kim likes football. I was like, you know, this could really work out. This this could really work out. And, you know, Kim and I were considering going to trips on, like, Montreal, Quebec, Toronto even. Uh, Ottawa w- would be cool and fun. But, like, I don't know. Pro Football Hall of Fame, that seems like a really good time. So if you guys know, I mean, that's like 10, 11-hour drive, depending on traffic, of course, how many stops you make. If you guys have any ideas on where we should go for a road trip, please let us know. Please, please, please let us know. You know, we, we don't mind driving up to like 12 hours for a road trip. We really, really don't. Like, we enjoy road trips. Like, we went to Vermont. We've gone to, obviously, Cooperstown, I already mentioned. We've driven to Buffalo, North Carolina. We've driven to Myrtle Beach in South Carolina, Virginia Beach, uh, Atlantic City for the National, obviously. So we don't mind the drive. We really don't. It's just with Nashville, it's, again, 18 hours. It's a hike. It's a haul. And it's going to take, like, a day to get there. In a day to get back. And at that point, how many days are you going to be able to enjoy in Nashville? So, like, what we were thinking is leaving Thursday, coming back on, like, Tuesday. Because shops close on Tuesday. I can close Monday and Friday. My mom could work. Uh, Mama Murph, I should say, could work Saturday, Sunday. It would work out. Plus, it's a massive card show. So, I could create awesome content for you guys. And that would be absolutely spectacular. It's... Again, a day to get there, so Thursday's gone. A day to get back, Tuesday's gone. And, like, yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday would be great, but, like, we would probably leave late on Thursday, and then we'd probably leave late on Monday. It's just it was a pain in the absolute ass. So, again, guys, any anywhere really within 12 hours that you guys think would be awesome, let me know. Definitely would love to consider it. Definitely, definitely want to hear if you guys have any good suggestions on where we should go. Uh, we want to go somewhere new. So, like, again, we've already been to um, Portland for my birthday last uh, two years ago now. You know, made a vlog about that. We've been to Vermont. We've been to Baseball Hall of Fame, Buffalo, Atlantic City, uh, North Carolina. What part of North Carolina? We went to Raleigh, North Carolina. We've been to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Atlantic City for the National so, yeah, let me know. Uh, oh, we went to, um, uh, this is before the podcast, so this is going way back. This is, we went to Hershey, Pennsylvania with my family, nice little family road trip in the heat of COVID, right? It was 2020. Was it 2020? I don't remember, actually. When did we go? I can't remember when we went. It had to have been 2021. Yeah, I really don't don't remember to be honest Uh, it was either 20 or 2021 but yeah so just let me know shoot me a message comment down below in the comment section if you're listening on youtube or reach out to me via social media at murph's car town twitter instagram and of course facebook as well so where do i start today's episode well i do want to talk about of course the nfl playoffs 
and I was uh, a little wrong <laughs> with my picks over the weekend. However, I did say the better quarterback between Geno Smith and Brock Purdy was going to win. Brock Purdy was the better quarterback, and in lieu, the 49ers ended up winning. The Jags and the Chargers, uh, what a crazy game that was. Two top young quarterbacks in this lead duke it out, but it wasn't really a back-and-forth battle, though. Chargers went up 27-0. Trevor Lawrence throws four interceptions, but then he throws four touchdowns and leads the charge, uh, leads the Jaguars back from a, in a come-from-behind victory. Uh, boring game to start. Beyond boring game to start, actually. But then it got very exciting very fast, you know, especially in the second half. Bills-Dolphins was a much closer game than I originally anticipated, especially for Skylar Thompson, who, yes, made a couple dumb-headed throws, who made a couple of rookie mistakes, yes and yes. But also Jalen Waddle dropped some passes. Um, I forget his first name, but Sherfield dropped a pass or two. Tyreek Hill even dropped some passes. So his receivers weren't helping him out, especially early. But at the end of the day, they made it a game all the way down to the end. And a lot of people are saying, and I believe this, if Tua was healthy and he played in this game, the Dolphins would have won. I really do believe that. Tua has shown at times he's an MVP caliber player in this league. Obviously, when he's healthy and when he was playing right, is the injuries you know really you know derailed that. So I mean, Bills squeaked one out. That doesn't mean they're not a good team, but it definitely shows that they're vulnerable. And I think a lot of people need to understand that the Bills are vulnerable indeed. And the Dolphins were almost able to just take that little crack in the vulnerability of the Buffalo Bills and just absolutely flood it. Unfortunately, didn't pan out for them. Giants-Vikings, again, that was another game that I said, better quarterback will win between Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins. Daniel Jones, uh, historic night, first quarterback with 300 passing yards and I believe 70 rushing yards. Uh, fantastic game from him. Giants looked really, really good. But we all knew the Vikings had flaws going into this game nonetheless. Kirk Cousins, big, big, big boneheaded play. Um, you need eight yards on fourth down. You throw it three yards. Uh, an additional question that I have from that is why is Hawkinson running a three-yard out route? Not really too sure there on that one. But my biggest gripe of all with that Giants-Vikings is the fact that you had third and eight and fourth and eight. With your season both on the line. Obviously, you have two downs to pick up the first down, so you don't need to get it all back on one play. But not once did you look for arguably the best wide receiver in the league in Justin Jefferson. Even if he's double covered on fourth down, triple covered on fourth down, and your season is up in the air, you throw it to him. I just I think that's just common sense. I think it's common sense right there. I mean, you go to your best guy. He just happens to be the best guy in the NFL. Again, arguably. Boneheaded mistake there. Uh, will the Vikings kind of change quarterbacks You know, this offseason going into next year? Who knows? Offseason questions not on the table just yet. Ravens, Bengals, great game. Slow game at times. However, did not expect it to be as close of a game as the Ravens made it out to be. Would they have won the Ravens if they had Lamar Jackson? Not exactly sure. But Tyler Huntley played good enough for them to be able to win. They just weren't able to execute when necessary. That stupid, uh, what was it, reaching over for three yard to get the ball in the end zone and then fumbles it and the Bengals return it for a touchdown. You know, that's really the difference maker right there. Besides that play, 
I mean, that's a 14, oh, I guess technically, technically a 12-point swing, you know, with the PAT and such. But let's just, you know, we can't call a PAT a guarantee no more, especially with Brett Maher. And, you know, I'll get to that in a second. But, like, game, you know, Ravens score there. They're up by a touchdown. Instead, Bengals are up by a touchdown. So that was, you know, truly a big momentum shift play right there. Again, boneheaded to try to go up and over just to reach the line. All the all the tip of the football needs to do is reach the goal line, and it's a touchdown. You're just too far away to do it. But Bengals move on. Again, Bengals showed some cracks. I don't think they played to their full potential, but I do believe they're one of the better teams in the AFC or just in the playoffs in general. Cowboys, Buccaneers, probably the worst game of the bunch in all honesty. The, other, uh, the previous five games were all really good and tight in one way or the other. Seahawks 49ers was a really close game in the first half. 49ers ended up blowing the doors off. Chargers were up 27, what was it, 27-7 technically at halftime. So that first half was a snoozer, but the second half was crazy. Bills, Dolphins back and forth. Giants, Vikings back and forth. Ravens, Bengals back and forth all throughout the game. But Cowboys went up 20-whatever, and you just Buccaneers couldn't do it. They don't have the pieces on defense. They didn't have the protection, the receivers. It was just an absolute mess and shambles. Is that how will is that how Tom Brady is going to go out? Well, with his recently uh, new divorce, I don't think so. I mean, what does he have to go home to? Obviously, he's going to take some time. The dude's forty-five years old. He'll take some time to consider. But he's still a really good quarterback in this league. But with the AFC and the NFC wildcard picture, or I should say just the NFL wildcard picture, with the NFL wildcard round. Oh, wait, hold on. <clears throat> the Super Wildcard Weekend done behind us. We have four games to look ahead to. Two of them tomorrow on Saturday, two of them on Sunday. Great, great games ahead Jaguars, Chiefs started off 4.30 tomorrow, and then we have the Giants, Eagles, 8.15, and then on Sunday, we have the Bengals and Bills at 3 o'clock. That's going to be a fantastic game. Cowboys, 49ers in the divisional to wrap up divisional round weekend at 6.30 on Sunday. Let's talk. Let me readjust here. Let me get some water. Water. You got to stay hydrated, guys. You have to stay hydrated. That was a good sip. All right. Jaguars, Chiefs. I mean, people expected and chose the Jaguars to win. So it's not like they're this Cinderella team absolutely out of nowhere. Hottest team in the NFL, or at least one of the hottest teams. You could probably argue the 49ers are more hot. But just given their situation, number one overall pick last year, struggled out of the gate, New coach, new receivers, da-da-da-da-da. You don't really expect them to be in this spot. 49ers, on the other hand, Super Bowl-ready offense, Super Bowl-ready defense, coaching. You know, they had the quarterback, lost the quarterback, and now they're just absolutely blowing people away. And they're on a, what, 11-game win streak at this point? Jaguars, six, seven-game win streak, I believe it is. So, I do believe that they'll give the Chiefs a run for their money. Chiefs and Chargers, completely two different teams. Chargers defense is better than the Chiefs, but you could probably argue that the Chiefs offense is better. And that's a toss-up. It's going to be very interesting. The Chiefs are very vulnerable in a lot of spots, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They have a lack of run game. 
how you know uh, yeah Patrick Mahomes has Travis Kelsey which is you know one of the best safety nets in the league no Tyreek Hill however that didn't stop him this year so how is Patrick Mahomes going to utilize his bag of weapons in the playoffs you know it's not like you could just have Tyreek Hill run a seam route and just chuck the ball up to him for a touchdown that's not really in the playbook anymore for the Chiefs so he's going to have to make magic happen other ways especially when you're going against tougher opponents and the Jags are one of them, even if the Chargers won. You know, that would be a tough opponent themselves. I do think the Jags can win, especially with Trevor Lawrence at the helm, if he can play right. Obviously, throwing four first-quarter interceptions is not going to go well, especially against the Chiefs, because I don't see the Chiefs blowing a 27-0 lead. Jags are going to have to win by limiting the Chiefs' possessions. Whenever the Jags have the ball, listen, if you're able to put up 31 points against the Chargers, who, you know, in a vacuum... Their defense is better than the Chiefs. They should have some good success against the Chiefs. I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to score 31 points, but they should be able to score a good amount of points. I really do like the Jaguars' chances. I don't know if they're going to win. In my bracket here, my NFL playoff bracket madness, I don't even remember what it's called. I had the Chargers obviously winning against the Jags, and then I had the Chargers beating the Chiefs just because offense is just as good, defense is better. But now with the Jags here, I'm not exactly sure. I really want to go Jaguars just because I think they're kind of the Bengals of last year. No one really saw this coming. Good young team, up and up and up. Going to win a you know game. Going to be surprising if they can do anything more. And next thing you know, the Bengals were in the Super Bowl. Very surprisingly in the Super Bowl for that matter. I want to pick the Jags here, and I do see that they could win. I think the Chiefs are going to probably win this game at the end of the day. But while I'm sitting here right now and I'm feeling good, I'm picking the Jags, the team of destiny. I am picking the Jags to win this game. Listen, I'm not going to be surprised if they lose. I'm not going to be surprised at all if the Chiefs win. But I want to sit here and find, you know, a bunch of other people are picking the Chiefs, you know, for obvious reasons. I want to be different. I'm going to pick the Jags, especially where they were able to come back, beat the Chargers. Again, Mahomes, Herbert, a lot of similarities, also a lot of differences. So, again, Chiefs don't blow that 27-0 uh, lead. But the Jags are a very hot team right now. And Chiefs are coming off a of bye week, so it may take them some time to kind of get the wheels turning and grinding. However, the Jags are fresh and hot after a big win in the wild card round. So I'm picking the Jaguars here. Mark it down. Giants, Eagles could really care less about this game. I hate both teams. Both teams beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Any team that beats the Patriots in the Super Bowl – automatic chalk up as I do not like you why I'm just that ignorant uh, ignorance not really the word I'm just that stubborn that's a better word I don't like teams that have beaten the I can't think of them um the Red Sox in the World Series Cardinals Reds can't think of anybody else Reds and oh Mets obviously duh uh Celtics obviously there's the Lakers but I mean I think it's just the Lakers that beat the Celtics I don't know. I'm kind of curious. Let's look this up. Obviously, someone may know this better than me. Celtics finals losses. Let's see. I'm curious now. NBA title. Okay. Versus the Hawks. So that was probably St. Louis Hawks, I believe. Um, I don't even know who they are now. Yeah, St. Louis Hawks. I don't know who the St. Louis Hawks are anymore. Um, are they the Atlanta Hawks? Oh, they are the Atlanta Hawks. Okay, so, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the Atlanta Hawks. I could really, really care less about the Atlanta Hawks. 
Um, you got the Lakers, the Hawks. I know, yeah, the St. Louis Hawks were a good team um, during that time. Oh, then you got the San Francisco Warriors, who just beat the, I guess the Golden State Warriors just beat the Celtics in the finals already. Um, a bunch of them are to the Lakers. Holy crap. The Milwaukee Bucks, right? Okay, this is well before any realignment. Uh, Phoenix Suns in 76. Ooh, okay. Houston Rockets. Oh, no, they no, they beat them. Oh, goodness. Oh, it doesn't tell me wins losses. Okay, 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 hold on. So they beat the Hawks. They beat the Lakers. Beat the Hawks. Beat the Hawks. Beat the Lakers. Okay, they beat everybody in the 60s, right? Except 67. I think the – I forget who, what team won that year. Um, Lakers, Lakers. When did they first lose a finals? 58. Okay, yeah. Oh, no, it is separated. This is so – it says NBA titles, and it has all the dates. And then below it says NBA finals lost. Okay, 1958 against the Hawks, 85 against the Lakers, 87 against the Lakers, 2010 against the Lakers, and then 2022 against the Warriors. Okay, so Warriors, Lakers. I could really care less about the St. Louis Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks, you know, whatever. Um, and then the Bruins. I couldn't even tell you who the Bruins um, law besides besides the freaking Chicago Blackhawks who suck and then also St. Louis Blues who I'll forever hate forever ever 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 don't like um let's see how far back does this go lost Stanley Cup 1927 oh it doesn't say to who though I'm not doing this exercise right now we we're doing we're getting way off track all right Giants Eagles again Better quarterback's going to win this game. Jalen Hurts, how is he going to look after some rest with that uh, shoulder, I believe it was? Obviously with the bye week, number one team or number one seed in the NFC. Giants been on fire lately, especially the past couple games with a couple key wins to get them into the playoffs. Daniel Jones after historic wildcard game. Pound for pound, Eagles are a better team. Yes, they have a better, in my opinion, they have a better receiving group. Their defense is better. But the coaching is going to play a big factor in this game, of course. And I think that played a huge factor in the Jaguars-Chargers game, the Giants-Vikings game. You could even argue that it played a big factor in the um, the Bills-Dolphins game, for that matter. So I really do think coaching is going to be a big factor in this game. Would this game matter if it was in, let's say, New York and the Meadowlands and Giants were the home team? I don't really think so. I really do believe that these two teams are well-balanced in their own way going into this game. A lot of people I know are picking the Eagles to win this game for a lot of reasons that I've already mentioned. Giants, kind of a slept-on team. Would I be surprised if the Giants win? No. Would I be surprised if the Giants lose? No. I do think that this game is in the balance of the Eagles, and they will control the outcome of this game. If they make boneheaded mistakes, they're going to lose. You know, are they going to be able to come back when they're down two possessions and win in the second half? I don't know. The Giants can put up points and put up points often and control the ball, keep Jalen Hurts off the field, keep Miles Sanders, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith off the field, then they have a good chance at winning. Absolutely. Listen, I hate both teams. I really do not care who wins this game. If I absolutely have to pick, and I do have to pick one, of course. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I might go Eagles on this one. Just because I think overall, when you look at the big picture of a 53-man roster, I do think the Eagles do outweigh the Giants. But again, Giants playing spectacular football, and I do believe that they can win this game. It will be a tough battle in Philadelphia. Switching over to the Bengals and Bills game. Very good game. 
oh my god, there's so much to talk about here. Two of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Two of the best receivers in the league. Uh, two teams have faced adversity. Bengals. Are they going to live up to their Super Bowl appearance last year? Oh, they're starting 2-2, two 4-4, and, two, four and, four, and next thing you know, they win the division. Bills, couple heartbreaking losses, and you know they're able to get back to it. Is Josh Allen him? Can he get there? The injury concerns, the elbow, taking too many hits, and then you look at the DeMar Hamlin situation and what the Bills are now playing for. It's oh, This game has so many headlines. And, of course, the winner of this game is going to move on to the AFC title game, not even the Super Bowl. This would be a fantastic AFC title game. Hopefully, the winner of this game is playing the Jaguars just so we can see something different in the AFC title game other than just the Kansas City Chiefs. Don't need to see them again in the Super Bowl. Really don't. Don't need to see them in the AFC title game either. So when we're looking at the Bengals and Bills here, quarterbacks are virtually even. Josh Allen is obviously a more running threat. And he has a rocket arm. But I think Joe Burrow is a slightly better passer. Jamar Chase and Stephon Diggs are very comparable, very comparable. But at the end of the day, Jamar Chase is just probably, you know, a few smidgens better. But Stephon Diggs is in that conversation. When you look at tight ends, Hayden Hurst, Dawson Knox, they both don't do a lot for their offenses. But they're there. They're safety nets. They can make some tough catches, especially in the red zone. The Bengals obviously have a much better wide receiver group when you have Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins along with Jamar Chase. Buffalo Bills, yeah, they have Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis is, you know, a boomer bust kind of a guy. Uh, Khalil Shakur, you know, rookie, but he's been making some good catches and some noise this year. Cole Beasley's back for the Buffalo Bills. I feel like I'm missing somebody else. Um, am I missing any? I'm sure I am, but I just can't think of anybody right now. So it's like when you look at the weapons from the receiver and tight end standpoint, it favors the Bengals, absolutely. And then the running game, Joe Mixon, Devin Singletary, or Joe Mixon or Dalvin Cook, or how about Samaji Ryan versus uh, Dal- uh, Dalvin Cook, James Cook and Devin Singletary. Like, you're going to take the Bengals running group. Then you look at the offensive line. Bengals offensive line has you know struggled early in the season. It figured it out. And then they had a lot of troubles, a lot of troubles against the Ravens. You know, the Ravens do have a good formidable front four, front seven, Will the Bills without Von Miller be able to get pressure to Joe Burrow and create havoc, get hits on him, make him, you know, feel it? I don't know. Bills defense absolutely can do it, and they definitely made Tyler uh, Skylar Thompson, you know, panic in the pocket. However, Thompson was a rookie or is a rookie. Joe Burrow, not much older, not much more experienced. This is only his third year, but he's still, I guess, a, a budding veteran, I guess. He's not a rookie. He's still young, but I wouldn't really call him a veteran yet. He's a budding veteran. You know, he's kind of that weird purgatory area between young guy and veteran. But again, he made the Super Bowl last year. He's been to the playoffs. So it's like, you know, it's going to take a little bit more for him to get shook, especially with his collegiate resume behind him as well. Defense, obviously, I'm going to probably favor the Bills defense on this one. All things considered, secondary, corners, safeties. Then you look at the linebackers in the front seven, the, the D lineman with the front four, ah, it's going to be tough. But this game in Buffalo, you know, I think home field advantage is really going to significantly help. Weather completely different in Buffalo than it is in Cincinnati, although they are very close. If this game was in, in Cincinnati, I would 100% for sure, I don't want to say 100% for sure, but I would probably safely lean towards the Bengals. Where this game is in Buffalo I really do believe it is a toss-up. The Miami Dolphins almost went in there and won last week. 
this is tough. This is really, 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 really tough. I like both teams a lot. I really do want the Buffalo Bills. I know, oddly enough, saying that. I just, you know, I like the storyline this year, and I, I cannot, like, get the whole DeMar Hamlin thing, you know, caught up. I can't really focus on that. You know, I really want to see Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. If they do have to play Kansas City, I want to see them take down Kansas City. But I'm going to have to go uh, Cincinnati on this. I almost said Buffalo. But I am going to go Cincinnati Bengals in this game. Uh, there's no way, shape, or form that I'm saying Cincinnati confidently. I am saying them just with all factors considered. And I think it's going to be a good game. At least I hope it's a good game. It should be a good game. It's probably going to be the best game out of the weekend. And I really hope it lives up to its hype. Again, this should be a championship game, not a divisional round game. Dallas Cowboys. San Francisco 49ers to wrap up the divisional round. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I don't oh I got <laughs> I don't know where to start. 49ers, hottest team, 11 game win streak, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick in the draft. Dallas Cowboys finally got a road uh, playoff win for the first time in like 92, I think it was. So what, 30 years? Something like that. Dak Prescott obviously in the boys and them boys lived up, and they took down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. However, 49ers are a much more complete team than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, so this will be a challenge. It's just a matter of fact, do you believe in Brock Purdy or not? That's the biggest factor. If you believe in Brock Purdy, then you're probably going to take the 49ers. Listen, he's a good kid he's a he's shown to be able to play the quarterback quarterback position very very well but it's just he hasn't faced any adversity yet yeah he had a fun little back and forth with the Seahawks in the first half but then they you know blew them out of the water but again Dallas Cowboys they got Dak Prescott who can make plays with both his arm and his legs Zeke Elliott Tony Pollard then you have um I can't think of his name CeeDee Lamb Michael Gallup on the outside as well you have, I can't think of the tight end, Dalton Schultz. So they have weapons and a really good offensive line. You know, that offensive line was really, really rough at the beginning of the year, but they've really figured it out, you know, the downstretch of the season. Dallas Cowboys are a much better team than the, Sam, uh, the Seattle Seahawks. They have much better weapons. Their defense, I don't know if it's better, but they have better players. And it should be better than the, uh, the Seahawks. You know, it's just how are you going to be able to contain McCaffrey? McCaffrey, you can give him 15 carries, seven catches, and he's going to have like 150 yards and two touchdowns. So how can you control him? Debo, same thing. He can get 10 balls and like seven handoffs for 150 yards. How can you control him? George Kittle, do you have an answer for one of the best tight ends in the league who is one of the best open field playmakers at the tight end position? Cowboys have a lot of questions to answer on their defensive side of the ball. Will Brock Purdy be able to face adversity if he does face it and conquer it? Again, eight minutes to go. You're down two possessions. You're down 10 points. You're down 14 points. Can you lead your team back? That is something I have yet to see from him. That's why I'm so paused with my, with my confidence with this kid. You know, I think he's got all the tools to be a really good quarterback for a long time. But he hasn't faced adversity yet. He hasn't faced a true uphill battle yet, with the exception of being, you know, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft. You know, I'm talking about on the field. 
I see both teams winning. I, I see a more favorable route for the 49ers. But I want to be different. I'm picking the Cowboys. Yeehaw. Let's go. Actually, I don't want to say that because I could really care less. But them boys. I got the Cowboys winning. Yeah, I don't know why I'm really excited about that. I really don't know. Uh, so what do I have? The Jags, Eagles, Bengals, Cowboys. I have three away teams winning. Does home field really matter in the NFL? Yes or no? Well, according to my predictions, it doesn't. But I really do think it does. It really doesn't matter in, in, in the NBA. Oh, in the NFL, excuse me. No, in the NHL. Oh, my God. I, I, in the NHL, it doesn't really matter because away teams can still win. You know, home teams can obviously still win. So, but those are my predictions for the NFL's divisional round. I got the Jags over the Chiefs. I got the Eagles over the Giants, Bengals over the Bills, and Cowboys over the 49ers. Again, as a disclaimer, I would not be surprised if the Chiefs win, the Giants win, the Bills win, and of course the 49ers win. I've already mentioned how the teams that I picked could win. I already mentioned how the teams that I did not pick could win. And just, you know, com- you know, compare and contrasting both teams where teams have edges where they match up really nicely because I do believe this is a really good slate of games for the weekend, the exception of the Bills-Bengals. I wish that was the title game. However, if the Chiefs go on to the Super Bowl, they would have, I don't want to say the easiest path because they're going to have to face the Bengals or the Bills in the championship game. But, like, they got handed on a silver platter the number one seed in the AFC. And then they're going up against the Jaguars, who could shit the bed at any time. I do think they're a good team. They're shown uh, a lot of legitimacy. However, I mean, it's the Jags at the end of the day. You, you Out of the final three teams, you want to play the Jags over the Bengals or the Bills in the divisional round. Just if anybody, right? And then they're going to play the Bengals or the Bills, so that's going to be a hard game regardless who's the winner. And then to the Super Bowl. Like, they got handed. With the whole DeMar Hamlin situation, they got handed the first round, uh, first seed on a silver platter. If you don't think the NFL is rigged, then uh, I don't know. I Like, listen, I know that if the Bills do advance and they win, then that Chiefs-Bills game will be at a neutral site. But still, it's the bye week that you fight for. That extra week of rest is so critical. It just allows your players to get an extra week of rest. It gives you a little bit more. It gives you more time to study and recover and practice and try new things and, you know, patch things that didn't work and just a bunch of different things. So that first round bye is crucial and the Chiefs just got it. So as we continue through today's episode and before we wrap things up, you know, I I started a new series on youtube and if you guys again are listening to this on audio only platforms definitely give the youtube channel a quick check you know again tons of great hobby related content of course murph's boston sports talk is on there as well but you know i got submission reveals i got show vlogs show pickups trade night vlogs trade night pickups uh discussion videos about the hobby just a myriad of different things on that channel and i wish you guys could go check it out and of course subscribe if you are interested but a new series that i started in Part one is a four-part series about, oh, let me get the book because it's from a book. Uh, It's called The Diamondbacks Collection, 50 of the Greatest Cards in Sports Collecting History. And I got this book actually for free when I was at the National in July. And I went, I did this like exercise. I made a video about it. Did this exercise where you have to kind of depictate if cards are real or fake. 
And after it was like 25 cards, I think it was. And at the end of it, the guy was like, oh, how, was it fun? You know, did you enjoy it? And I was like, yeah, it was a good time. And he gave me the book. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And then after when I got back from the National, I said I was going to make uh, some videos about it, talking about, again, the greatest cards in sports collecting history. Well, I haven't got around to it ever since I got the book seven months ago. And I finally decided to sit down and not only read it, but just kind of go into it a little bit, the depths of it. And it's really interesting. So I decided to make a, a four-part series going over 20 of them, you know, because this book has it ranked, uh, has cards ranked 1 to 20, and then the other remaining 30, 21 to 50, are just great cards from certain time periods. So they have, like, some cards from pre-World War II cards, that are just kind of jumbled up. It's like, here's 10 great pre-World War II cards. And then here's 10 great, um, I don't know, cards from like the 50s and 60s, vintage, right? And then it's like, here's another 10 cards from like, you know, the 80s and 90s and, and so on. And that's kind of how it accumulates the other 30. But so what I wanted to do is I really wanted to kind of go over the top 20 because at least those are ranked. And it's a four-part series, so five parts or five cards per part. I'm very excited. Part one doesn't come out till January 29th on Sunday, but I'm very, very excited for this because there's a lot of good information in here and I would love to make more and more videos about it just because the amount of depth, knowledge, detail, history obviously is in here, lore about the hobby. And again, a lot of listeners to Murph's Boston Sports Talk do coincide with sports card collecting and they do enjoy the hobby. And this isn't is this just base? No, this isn't just baseball. You know, there's football, there's basketball, there's hockey. There's a ton of great cards in here. So it's not just baseball, which is really awesome, even though a lot of your older famous cards are baseball. And I will be honest, you know, the top 10 is littered with baseball cards. But that's besides the point. It all started as baseball cards. That's what we all know and love, and that's where it all started, was with baseball cards. So I just kind of wanted to, you know, plug it a little bit just to give you guys something to look forward to. Of course, on the channel, there's a ton of great other content that you guys would enjoy. So again, if you haven't considered checking it out, please do so and of course subscribe to the channel. I would greatly appreciate the love and support. Red Sox. Uh, should we talk about the Red Sox? Adam Duvall, fantastic signing. It's going to take me it's going to be so hard for me to get impressed. It really really is. Because I fear that this team overall will be very good except at shortstop and second base. Really, I really do feel that. Uh, the pitching rotation has a lot of potential to be good as long as they're healthy. Bullpen, again, been significantly improved. We talked about that. Third base, shirt up. Outfield, better. Adam Duvall's nice. Uh, Matasaka, I, just, I still think he's a little overrated. Verdugo, okay. Duran should be your center fielder. And you got Kike Hernandez, who I think now is probably forced to be your second baseman or at least your shortstop. But again, is that what you want him to be your everyday shortstop? Uh, I I don't want the Red Sox to go and, and trade the farm system for a shortstop. I mean, I don't want them to trade Cassis. I don't want them to trade Dahlbeck or Duran or any of those guys. I'd rather you just bring up somebody like a Hudson Potts and just, there you go. Have at it. Good luck. I mean, he's going to, you know, be eligible for the Rule 5 draft next season. So you're going to have to protect him at some point. Might as well give it a shot. You have nothing to lose. Or maybe even throw Marcelo Meyer. Give it to him for spring training. Here's 100 at-bats. Here's 25 or so games. Go win the job. Got nothing to lose. <laughs> you got nothing to lose. 
So it's uh, Red Sox find themselves in a really tricky situation because you're able to keep Bogarts and you lose Trevor Story to this injury. Okay, you can patchwork it. Arroyo can platoon. Kike can platoon. Uh, whoever else you want can damn platoon. Um, it's just ugh, really tricky situation that they find themselves in. And, and they're just only shooting themselves in the foot because, yeah, okay, they've gotten uh, Matasaka. Okay, they got Adam Duvall. They signed Ramel Tapia yesterday. Okay, that's great. Then what? <laughs> then what? Uh, your middle infield or your infield in general is a lackluster. Tristan Cassis, huge ceiling, tons of potential, but again, very unproven. Raphael Devers, again, you know what you're going to get out of him. Catching position, you don't really know. Should be Connor Wong, but they'll probably have him split with Reese McGuire. Pause. Bullpen's better. As long as the pitching rotation's healthy, it should be good. Does this team really win 80 games? Like, in all honesty, I don't know what the over-under is. Offseason's not over yet. I'll wait till then to, to talk about the over-unders and all that good stuff. Is this team right now going to win 80 games? Yes or no? Reach out to me via social media. Comment down below in the comment section if you're listening to this on YouTube. Will the Red Sox win 80 games? I don't think so. When you look at New York and Toronto and Tampa, you can easily, blindly say 90 win teams. Easily. Then you get Baltimore, who, oh, by the way, did better than you last year. Oh, who, by the way, has their young players at the major league level playing okay, projected to be pretty good players. Like, I'd still rather be Baltimore right now with their current major league roster, with their current farm system, and their current projection than the Boston Red Sox. I've said this in the shop, and I think I said this on the podcast uh, last week or weeks before. It's just the Baltimore Orioles are in a much better spot. They could win 85 games. I mean, sorry, 80 games. Don't know if they will. They could win 85 games. Don't know if they will. They could win 90 games. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. But, I, I mean, they have the talent. They have the potential. They have the key players for their roster for the long haul, if not this year, then next year. And the Red Sox just don't have that yet. So there's still probably another domino to drop for the Red Sox ahead of spring training. At least I hope so. We'll wait and see. I got a lot of 2013 vibes with this team. I really do. You're bringing out a bunch of veterans. You have some core foundational pieces that you're just kind of hanging on to, and you hope to just be competitive. I mean, 2013 was a magical year. No one expected them to win the World Series after a debacling last place finish in 2012. And, you know, the Red Sox here in 2023 are signing a bunch of free agents, a bunch of veterans, and they're hoping that they can piece it together. We'll just have to wait and see. But that will wrap it up for today's episode, guys. I really appreciate you downloading, listening, and enjoying on all audio-only platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, podcast, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can listen to your podcast, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk. So I really appreciate you guys downloading, listening, and enjoying. And, of course, if you're listening to this on YouTube, thank you so much for clicking on the video. Please make sure you smash the thumbs-up button. Comment down below and, of course, subscribe to the channel if you're new or haven't considered subscribing as I would greatly appreciate the love and support. But that will do it for today's episode, guys. I cannot wait to talk about the divisional round next week for episode 178. I can't wait to give you my outlook and thoughts about the AFC and the NFC championship games, of course. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you and I will always, always see you.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbird styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Superlight Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Superlight Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24.